Hello. Hey, thanks for joining us. You are uh, watching First Team America Patriot Network by Patriots for Patriots across all sides of the aisle from all walks of life. Uh, we are a, uh, a Patriot Network in which we promote free speech, everything that this country was founded on. Uh, there's only a few topics that would ever be off limits, and those would be criminal things that we would never want to talk about anyway. But we want to be the platform for people to share and learn uh, things that you're experience, experiencing in life. Today, we've got a great guest. We've got Mr. Jeffrey Prather from jeffreyprather.com. Fantastic uh, uh, speaker. And Mr. Prather has done so much that we're excited to have him on the platform. And I, uh, Jeff, I want to turn this over to you. Please tell our audience a bit about you, uh, what you've done and, and what things you're working on now. Uh, well, I was a uh, military intelligence army officer, and I spent most of my time in special forces and special operations and psychological operations. And then I was recruited into the Drug Enforcement Administration as a special agent, a primary firearms instructor, and a snowcap special operator. And then I was also recruited into the Defense Unit Service of the Foreign Operations Golden the Defense Intelligence Agency. So I was double, triple credentialed simultaneously and uh, worked on a lot of uh, projects back in the day, back in Honduras on the edge of Nicaragua uh, with the uh, Contras and then went over to DEA and saw the other side of that. Um, and so I was very familiar with covert operations and then at one point, I was extraditing the Quintero, brother of Rafael, uh, who tortured and murdered our agent, former Marine Kiki Camarena, very infamous incident. And that's when the DEA and the DOJ and Eric Holder turned on me. And uh, later on, after a lot of said in the Niebla Zambada federal trial, DEA agents raised their hands under oath and admitted that the DEA had a deal with the Sinaloa cartel running guns south in Fast and Furious. And so uh, one year from retirement without ever having a bad evaluation with a phony investigation, a phony report, leaked phony report, the same thing they did to was fired from the DEA. And that's how I became a whistleblower and eventually I was uh, censored off of the uh, radio and then started doing my podcast and yesterday my latest podcast was uh, censored but the uh, resistance keeps growing and so that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Today I'm a teach um, spirituality. I teach uh, martial arts uh, leader and truth teller. So there's my sad little story. Oh, Everybody's got it. one. <laughs> I love it. Guys, uh, please look up jeffreyprather.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. Jeffrey, you know, uh, speaking to that, uh, wow, what a history of things you've been involved with. And thank you for being a whistleblower. Um, you know, one of the things that I had asked a buddy of mine that was in the ATF, this was a few years back, right after it was, it became known of what was going on. This was during the time, and you probably remember it well, when uh, 
uh, the DC office was trying to say that Fast and Furious was uh, originated from the uh, the Arizona office or whatever office was out at that point, trying to say that was a local office led effort. And uh, I had lunch with a buddy of mine, and I had to ask him that question. And uh, I'd never seen him so animated before. He goes, you know what happened with that? He goes, that was not a local operation design. That was that was coming from DC. So uh, you could see the uh, the effort to uh, create the smokescreen so that the uh, DC elite wouldn't have any accountability on that matter. But did, did you ever, uh, so, so you mentioned the Contras and things like that. So you were, you were down there during that time, all of that was happening, huh? Yes. And so uh, Fast and Furious did start in Phoenix at the DEA office with an ATF group, but you're totally correct. And I'm friends with some fabulous, heroic ATF whistleblowers, Vince Cifalo, John Dotson, and together on that. But yeah, so in covert operations, and I have worked lots of covert operations, like I said, the Contras, in uh, Law Enforcement Review Committee. And so when I'm talking about that, uh, and I don't really, it's a long time ago, I used to give lots of speeches, but you know, the, the, the way I would pr propose it is, uh, hey, uh, you know, Bill at uh, ATF there in Phoenix. Yeah, Joe, uh, it's Monday morning. We're not doing anything, with, you know, uh, into Mexico. Yeah, I'm not doing anything before lunch. Let's do that. So a SARC, you know, goes, it goes all, because I've worked on I mean, it. The, the SARC goes up, it goes out to the Secretary of Defense. It goes out, it probably went to the president. The Fast and Furious emails went to the White House. None of all that stuff gets reviewed, and normally they don't get they get canceled. And the reason is, is because if you're going to do a covert operation, then usually the formula is well, if it is revealed, is it worth what happened? And normally the 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 answer to that is no, it's not worth it if it comes out uh, that it is. But what happened? with Fast and Furious is trying to blame uh, Mexican gun violence on uh, Mexican cartel leaders coming up through Texas and Arizona and saying, hey, I need uh, 32 uh, fully automatic M16s and uh, 28 M203s. And you know, could you give me a cappuccino with that? And um, of course, that's not how it works at all. Uh, uh, the major, and, and there were metrics that showed However, there's a reason for that. The reason is that we have the best gun tracing system. And the second reason is the United States government sells arms to the Mexican government. And the Mexican government then gave them to La Familia cartel because the US government became enthralled to the Sinaloa cartel, which is kind of where I went from hero to zero and exposed that. So, um, but the other thing about that is, is if you're going to do something like that, and Vince and John Dotson is in the DEA, for example, I might go undercover and sell you Coke. Uh, and I might sell you the first time one key, then three keys, then nine keys. But every time when you drove away, I would have to have a marked unit, then get on your tail and pull you over and say, hey, um, you know, you were swerving or your taillights out and uh, 
by the way, my canine has been sitting in the car all day, hasn't had a chance. You don't have any guns or drugs, right? And you'd say, of course, no. Uh, and so I'd say, well, okay, let me run the canine. So I, the canine had hit, I'd get the dope and then I'd sell you again. Uh, but I'd take off the dope each time because when we went to trial, if you, then you get a big doper bar attorney and, uh, then your attorney puts me on the sand and says, well, special agent Prather. So you sold Dwight one, three and nine keys of cocaine, right? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, then uh, what happened to that cocaine? Well, if I didn't take it off, which is called he sold it and he went and addicted women and children and their sex slaves and chemical slaves and uh, they're killing each other. And then the defense attorney would say, well, then special agent Prather, what's the difference between you and my client? And the answer would be nothing. We're both drug dealers. So the chain of custody did not happen uh, in uh, Fast and Furious, they just ran guns. They ran almost 3,000 guns with no chain of custody. Uh, and so they were just running guns, uh, just like the Biden administration. You know, it's more involved than that. The last time the mainstream media doesn't talk to me anymore, Laura Ingram won't talk to me. USA Today did a hit piece. But the last time uh, I was mainstream was when um, murdered with fast and furious guns, and they wanted to, and they wanted to, and they did exclude. And of course, why would you exclude uh, murder weapons from a murder trial unless you were trying to cover something up? Exactly. And so that's when they started doing the hit hit pieces on me, and and so now, you know, it's a template. They just pull it out uh, and they use it uh, to kill the hopefully to kill the message by by discrediting the messenger right exactly I tell you what that's that is an interesting uh, experience for you there it, it is just so typical um, that that the attempt to by the media to be involved in moving the real topic and honest discussions to occur get moved to these these things and then it's always attack the messenger isn't it Kind of like what happened to a lot of the whistleblowers and probably your experience is suddenly the whistleblower is the bad guy for bringing up bringing up stuff and uh it, it's just a continuous type predictable effort by a lot of this but you know it's interesting you mentioned the the planning when we were talking about uh um, a buddy of mine who who had mentioned um that that this planning did, may have started through that office but the original uh, 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 things that you had mentioned, it, it was higher levels, especially since you're dealing with international borders and uh, all kinds of other things. So uh, that's just the way, just the way it will be as far as uh, uh, them continuing this. But looking at the um, uh, the ongoing effort with the COVID and part of what we were working towards, uh, or, or one of the topics we'll cover, we'll just jump in there now. One of the things that I have experience in, and I know you do as well from the agent side, for me, it's the compliance side, is that when they put these plans together, these, these actions, these investigations, these efforts, um, there's planning. Uh, it's not just like you said, hey, Joe, why don't we do this today? Uh, and especially with the COVID, a lot of my research, and I've devoted over, gosh, I'd say 150 hours now and still growing, um, and I'm nail, narrowing it down into the compliance side. And people on the uh, our audience, the compliance is that 
there's such thing as export compliance and regulations with regards to imports, exports, logistics, all kinds of things that uh, as a mountain of paperwork that the federal government, state government, and regulatory agencies require. One of the biggest things that uh, I have seen recently is the Kabuki Theater. I'm not knocking the politicians, uh, Rand Paul, Senator Cotton. I'm not challenging any integrity, but I am saying at this point that it's very odd that they're not bringing in the smoking gun, which in my opinion, the origination of COVID was at UNC Chapel Hill. And I can, I can point to public source, open source documents, such as nature.com, which is a medical journal that the UNC Chapel Hill rushed to publish results of their COVID tests. They've since made alterations to that in May of 2020 when it became known and suddenly talked about that, hey, COVID could have originated here in the U.S. So for, for our audience, there's a number of things that are involved in this, and it's relating to the, the, um, the, the paper trail. So just to bring the Chinese scientists, both of whom were at UNC Chapel Hill during the COVID creation or CHICOM partnership, um, it took many documents to number one, vet them. And I know Mr. Mr. Prater's familiar with this. They're not just gonna bring in Chinese communist scientists and give them open rain inside a bioweapons lab test. There's compartmentalization of different levels of classification and or what they call depot level maintenance in classified and above, which means what would they be exposed to in that test? I'm telling you this just to give you an idea of what paperwork trail would exist. So somebody would have to sponsor them. But before that sponsorship, because a grant was involved in the COVID uh, development at UNC Chapel Hill through NIH, National Institute of Health, NIAID, which is National Institute of uh, Infectious Diseases, you had the FDA Center for uh, Toxicological Agents, which is in Arkansas, they were involved. USAID was involved, which is interesting if you don't understand that, it, uh, that agency in itself, it makes sense probably in the long run as well as um, uh, the, the Chinese even sponsored this. So those universities that competed for this grant to be the one or the laboratories chosen for this test with NIH, there would have been multiple applicants unless they decided to sole source this. But in that application uh, of what they would have submitted to, to win that particular opportunity would have included a biosafety plan. It would have named who, what, where, when, how, why would be on site. Uh, would have had a bill of materials potentially of the things they had at their disposal, testing equipment. Um, and so all of that stuff would be documented. And that document would also go with any export or importation licenses that would be required. What I have done, Mr. Prather, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, I've, I've reached out to several senators' offices. Most recently, I got in touch with Senator Cotton's office, a staffer there, sent him a mountain of paperwork that basically said, why aren't you asking for the export or import licenses? Why aren't you asking for the applications of work visas or student visas for the scientists that came here? Why aren't you asking for the customs clearance and port of entry for the, the uh, original horseshoe bat virus that the Chinese scientists brought to them? All of what I point that out to the audience is that there is a massive paper trail and having uh, done that type of work filing for offices for 20 uh, licenses, export licenses for 20 years, I can tell you, and it's, a, it's an extensive amount of review from multiple agencies at DOD, Director of Defense Trade Control State Department, uh, all kinds of other agencies, and especially when you're dealing with toxicological agents, that the level of oversight, review, and background investigations on the scientists, in my opinion, would be more than a three-inch stack of paper if we put it all together. 
Mr. Prather, what what are you what are your thoughts on this COVID and this in this uh, whole whole deal? I and for our viewers, hey, uh, Mr. Prather also had a video uh, a podcast that he mentioned that got shut down. You can see it on his website. He's got Mike Adams from Natural News. It's a fantastic podcast. I invite you to go see it. But Mr. Prather, what do you feel about this COVID state that we're in at this moment, and uh, whether it was uh, uh, how how it was created, if you will? Well, uh, YouTube took down, uh, gave me a strike for my uh, interview with Mike yesterday. Mike and I are friends. Uh, and I, about 15 minutes after the podcast, so that shows me that we are over the target and we are uh, effective uh, and the enemy is worried. But to go to directly to the paper trail that you're talking about, which is part of a chain of custody, chain of custody to follow. I would hold uh, Tom Cotton very accountable. And I was a big fan of Tom Cotton in his book because he was uh, old guard, uh, you know, his sacred duty book I really loved, but he comes out of Arkansas uh, and to kind of is everybody loves Ali North. I'm not a fan because we're when I was working at Special Operations Command South, I about nine months in Panama back in a tunnel and shuffling between Honduras and other countries, uh, I had to go sit behind the uh, Special Operations Command South uh, Colonel Fry, who was briefing the new, the new incoming uh, commander uh, in chief. We don't have sinks anymore, but sinks South commander. And the first 45 minutes was, are we going to end up before Congress like Ali, or Ali, Ali North did? And the answer was no, because we're doing what we're chartered to do uh, and, and we're doing everything legal. But in that interim, when supporting the country was illegal uh, and Ali North ran, ran the covert operation for Reagan, that went into Contra's cash and cocaine into Arkansas, which really built the Clinton death cartel uh, and really brought the deep state, which is mainly the CIA, uh, into because it's Don Cotton, that's where Tom Cotton is at. And the only reason that Tom Cotton would not address this is because he has been intimidated or paid off. And uh, that is just very disappointing to me and, and uh, sad. But, you know, I just found out last year that there was an actual CIA guy in the room when they were torturing Kiki Camarena uh, to death Shit. as well. So the deep state uh via the dark economy is very deep but to go back to uh the chain and trail of covid you can go to chapel hill you can go to fort dietrich there originates uh there or in fort dietrich it might be the first release at the military games uh but there has a chinese Female second lieutenant military intelligence officer working for him under the thousand talents on lots of sources or informants, both in the military and in intelligence and federal law enforcement. And you always want to get an informant or a source as highest placed as possible because that gives you more influence and that gives you more access. And so that's what happened with Hunter Biden. That's what happened with Lieber. Because Lieber would go to 
uh, Wuhan to pick up his $50,000 payment arrested by the FBI. But two days later, he's out for getting 50 grand a month from the Chinese uh, the People's Republic of China Army, the P People's Liberation Army, through the intelligence, it's not hard to understand how he's getting out, which is the same thing that's going on with Blantifa now. Domestic traders yes. uh, and those who have been intimidated, and I would pr probably put uh, Tom Colonel Tom Cotton into one of those categories because if he was really doing his job, he would be uh, pushing that out there, but he didn't stand by President Trump either. But you have to go back to 1999 when we're doing the first Gulf War and we have to win fast because we know the propaganda press is gonna turn against us because it, at the Tet Offensive in Vietnam, Walter Cronkite builds the Tet Offensive uh, as, a, as a failure for us when it's a complete victory, when the NVA are stopped cold and that turns the war. We won every battle in Vietnam. We won the Tet Offensive clearly. And Walter Cronkite says big defeat. So we know we have to win fast because the propaganda press is going to turn against us. So the, the Chinese two Air Force colonels are watching uh, and they come up with the doctrine of nobody can take the developed unrestricted warfare doctrine, which was a death by a thousand bites which is very ironic because the program is called Talents is the emplacing of Chinese scientists and Chinese intelligence personnel abilities. Just like you're saying all over the place, they're there now. Yes. They're in BSL uh, biological uh, security lab levels two to four uh, at the time. They're they are right now uh, doing that. So this is a very elaborate war plan, much more elaborate than um, the invasion of Europe uh, uh, at Normandy, much more elaborate. And uh, part of the effort I've been trying to do is to get people to even understand what the war we are in is, because all the generals and admirals uh, think that war has to be waged by a state actor. state actor. It can be waged by non-state actors. It can also be used by, by a state supporting non-state actors that they don't, that they covertly support, which is Blantifa, BLM and Antifa. But the documents are all there. As you say, the documents are all there. Yeah. Just like with any Blantifa riot, if any legit, we could trace back the monies. We could trace back the guys paying them off. We could follow the cars back. We could do 1028s and run the plates and we could get all of that. And they are purposefully not doing that because they have been infiltrated since 1999 by the intelligence apparatus of uh, enemies who are state and non-state uh, actors. Well, that is a great point. That is an outstanding point. You know, you you would, I, I see others keep mentioning we're in World War III or some of the other guys out there, not knocking them. But you, I think you mentioned the term fifth gener or uh, uh, fifth dimensional war, or what was your term for that? Meaning that we're already engaged in a psyops war. It hasn't grown kinetic. So, so I say we're I say we're in World War Four, 
I say we're in World War Four because World War Three was the global war on terror. So I've got my service right. ribbon for that. So global means world. And so that covert fifth, gen which covert is you don't know who's sourcing it. Fifth generational is um, you can't even tell where the lines are. You can't tell who the combatants are and who's supporting them. So when Swalwell is um, accessed by Feng Feng or, or when Lieber is accessed by the uh, military intelligence second lieutenant female, and when you see uh, brigades of unarmed uh, female Chinese lieutenants up in Canada, and people are saying, hey, are they coming in in uniform? And no, they're not coming in in uniform, and they're not going to come in in UN blue helmets because after the metrosexual coast fall, every cowboy, Indian, hillbilly, briar, redneck, biker, was, and they'd be done. If it, it was, if it was third generational kinetic warfare, it would be over in a week. Exactly. That's why they have to do it this way. And to Islamic terrorism, where you'll see a lot of radicalized American Muslims go over to a Muslim country, get a Muslim wife, bring her back, and then they do a hit. And what's happening there is officer is the handler of the American local agent. Just like when I would run, when I was infiltrating the Sinaloa cartel, I had an informant who knew those guys. And so I'd send him in. So this, this format is very well established. It's very complicated because it's, it's China, uh, it's um, Iran, through uh, ISIS and other and Al Qaeda Al Peninsula, uh, it's a much lesser extent to Russia because they're just, they're not really doing that much. But Russia is a great bugaboo for uh, the left to blame everything on, right? Uh, because they they don't want to really talk about China, but it's it's complicated to understand, uh, and there's lots of actors simultaneously. Uh, playing all this, but basically we're being uh, pillaged now because we have been so infiltrated, but the infiltration has been going on at least since uh, 1999 when the, when the two Chinese Air Force colonels developed the unrestricted warfare paper, which, you know, you can, it's on my Patreon site, you know, I've published that, it's, it's and translated. So uh, that's an overview. And so what I say to you is, certainly there's a mountain of paperwork uh, and the reason they're not going to bring it up is because uh, they're complicit in it. Yeah. No, I agree. Hey, thank you for that. That was outstanding. You know, and I agree. Uh, they do not want, and, and I, you know, again, I'm not a Trumper. I, I thought Trump was the best candidate at the time, but Trump had done some things that made me question uh, where he was going. Um, unfortunately, we don't have time to talk all about that, but what I noticed with Trump as well is he kept Fauci in place. Fauci, in my opinion, is a war criminal. Uh, he's crimes against humanity. Um, to let the others know, back in 2003, 2004, China was still on the uh, uh, embargo nations list due to uh, human rights abuses. Uh, there were prohibitions against sharing any type of classified information with China. And up until 2012, 2013, and maybe even today, that's still in place. Under the Bush term, 
suddenly in 2003, they in the avian flu or whatever the flu was over there, they started this arrangement with China to begin doing some lab studies together. Fast forward 2012, 2013, when we've got two CHICOM uh, scientists coming over, including bringing horseshoe bat virus over to do weaponized tests, uh, things were allowed to continue. Most people would think, wait a minute, back up. You want me to, to agree to work with a nation that, that seeks to dominate the world and be a counter, uh, to take over the US ultimately? And we're gonna design a bioweapon with them. The fact that this was allowed to even happen is, is mortifying. And I do agree that the, the reason they, that Trump didn't bring it up, Cotton's not bring it up, even Rand Paul, who I liked a lot and still like, but I question him now of why he hasn't brought it up being a medical doctor. They're, they're, they're moving the ball from the origination because most of the time, and as you know, as a, as a former law enforcement officer, your, your smoking gun is here in the States when they started it. And, and just as you mentioned, I guarantee you, I put money down that the samples of the pathogenesis testing from inception to the finished product that later was exported to Wuhan, which required an export license to leave the country, FDA, CDC, and NIH all have copies or test material uh, on site, on premises, of all of those test samples that occurred at NC, uh, UNC Chapel Hill, especially with that final product uh, being moved to Wuhan, and, and it probably was altered. I assumed it would be with the Chinese, but we have all of that data, and nobody's paying attention to what it is. And I think the biggest lie that we see going on, and this isn't a partisan issue. This is what I keep telling my friends and others. This is not a Dem versus Republican issue. This is about humans versus these occultists, Satanists that are trying to depopulate the earth. They're trying to consolidate powers. Um, it's really uh, 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 just uh, evil to see this, this thing be, being brought to our shores. And even though the, the uh, efficacy effectiveness of that COVID virus, the fear contagion alone that was perpetuated in the media has probably resulted in numerous lives lost. Um, you know, I mentioned your your uh, interview with Mike Adams the other day. Fantastic. You guys touched on some key points. I mentioned to people that you, you know, who got the vaccine, you basically agreed to take an experimental vaccine with no long-term testing and for a virus that has a, on its own, survivability rate of 99.975 and maybe even higher depending on which age bracket you fall in. Uh, and then considering your health and, and nutritional intake, you don't, you, there was no need for you to have that. I kind of look at another uh, uh, smoking gun, if you will, was the fact that I forget which uh, particular documentary had it or, or YouTube video, but it had a German American doctor on there that said, basically there's prohibitions from creating vaccines for viruses that have over-the-counter medicines, which is why you can see now the concerted effort by the media and some of the Dems to vilify uh, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and ivermectin as possible sources for that. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and I, we should we we should also mention that uh, Fauci, Gates, and Soros uh, through Wuchi Aptek, and I I talked about this when I still had a radio show uh, last year, were all heavily in invested uh, just the Chinese, that's the state, that's the easy uh, C, but there's, there's all of these that 
um, like the, the border patrol and ICE trying to fight transnational cartels, which are bigger than state entities, uh, it, it's just not going to work because it is it is warfare. But which uh, which uh, is through Gates, it's through Soros, it's through NIH um, and others. And whether it's from uh, well, let me say also that my research of seeing the exportation of it was that it went from um, Harvard with Lieber to Canada surreptitiously and then was stolen out of there because there were uh, vials sound in, in uh, rolled up socks of Chinese going back. And then it goes into the Wuhan lab and then their mayor market where it was finally released. But regardless, uh, bio-warfare, but the primary uh, understanding, and that violates treaties, and that was, came out right at the time where Trump with China, and that's really uh, from a position of strength, from le with leverage. And so then the, the, there was a clause in there saying that um, if there's an act of God, and so all bets they're off because the Chinese had come to control our, our economy where everything is a key incident uh, uh, in there too, because Trump had also gone to uh, North Korea and I was stationed in South Korea and for the fence to come down uh, and for the North and South Korea soldiers to shake hands and cross over was incredible because the if you look at a, a Google map at night, no lights, no nothing. North Koreans are eating grass and eating each other. If they start to develop an economy and that, that in turn becomes the China for the Chinese goods for Americans. And so the North Koreans are doing better. The South Koreans get to unite. The Chinese middle class raises up. America's middle class is better, uh, but that's terrible for the tyrants uh, who are Soros and Gates and Fauci and uh, Xi as well. So that had to be shut down, hating Japan, which had, which kicked off uh, Pearl Harbor. But I will say two things that, uh, first of all, the, the COVID-19 bioweapon is like the flu. You're right. It's 96, in my age group, it's 96% survivable. No transmission rate. Um, but it, it's mainly a psychological operations weapon. Like the masks are a metric of control. If you're still wearing a mask, we can see that we're controlling you. Uh, and it was for economic battle to conquer the American engine economy and the world engine economy. And it did that very well. But I would disagree with you respectfully, and that's fine, that I think Trump did a great job and the best job he could because under Obama, uh, he got rid of 200 to 250. Uh, he did the same thing in the intelligence community. He did the same thing in federal law enforcement community. And so that's why you see, you saw Trump firing all these people over and over and over, firing them because the swamp at the top level was very deep. And like I said, I just saw last year, uh, I found out that the CIA had somebody there torturing uh, Kiki Camarena uh, to death. So I think that he um, did the best job he could. I don't, uh, 
it's hindsight's real easy. Uh, I am a big supporter of President Trump. I'm a big supporter of General Flynn because I've been through what they went through. And it is terrible when everybody's lying about you and trying to bring charges against you uh, uh, and, you know, leaking, leaking false stories about you. So I think he did the best he could because it paid off both sides and got along. And all of a sudden he's thrust into uh, government. And you have to, you can only talk to a couple guys around you. You can't talk to everybody. So anyway, that's, you know, uh, that's my two cents uh, on that. Um, the, the, what is crucial about Mike and I's uh, stream yesterday is that it looks like the vax is the real bio weapon and the vector is through the governments, which then makes sense with the incredible propaganda that you see on every other commercial is, hey, roll up your sleeve and, and get the, the vax because the COVID, you can't really vector that out really well. Um, you know, you just, it goes out where it goes out. But once you get buy-in from all the tyrants and all the governments, now combining it, now you can get control and you can get population control and you get, can get great reset economic control. Uh, and so, and that, and the enemy, uh, as an I'm, I'm, I'm like blunt with Tom Cotton. I was a Tom Cotton fan and now I think he's complicit. I'm real blunt and YouTube has not taken me down, but all of a sudden Mike and I start talking about shedding and they take me down. Well, that tells me something. Yes, that's a great, a great point, Sarah. And again, I, I like Trump. I just questioned, you know, and one, one of the things people don't know, and um, for those that are watching some of the podcasts and investigations that, that I'm, I'm doing, you know, we're looking at a past uh, suspicious death of the highest ranked officer that occurred in Afghanistan, Commander Joe Price, under suspicious circumstances, none of which makes sense, shoddy investigation by NCIS. But part of where I'm going with that is Trump had a lot of bad advisors that were giving him bad advice. Um, he And this was some of his internal team. I really questioned why he kept Bill Barr, Swamp Preacher Barr, who was involved at Ruby Ridge, uh, on task for so long. I, I couldn't believe he still kept that guy around. And whatever happened with the reports, you know, and all of the investigations, it really seemed seemed like, uh, and it, not that it seems like it is, uh, that that the DOJ was in these investigated agencies to look into Antifa, uh, BLM attacks, firebombing of police station courthouses in uh, Portland, Washington, uh, were impotent compared to when the Dems get in. Suddenly, there's a big old Nazi-style witch hunt for anybody that was in D.C. that day that voted conservative. Um, but I do, I do think that Trump did a lot of great things. So don't, you know, so that's where I go with that. But I do question why he wouldn't call Fauci out, uh, why there wasn't a greater investigation. And, and like you said, there's a lot of government agencies that are complicit in it, giving him advice, didn't probably not talk about it. But it, it's, let's segue to this real quick um, into Trump, because I definitely feel we had a compromised stolen uh, election. Um, isn't it amazing how they can, they can hack a, oil pipeline, but suddenly it's verboten to think that they could even hack the Dominion machines or control it from within. But one of my, one of my friends had asked me to ask you about this. He said, you know, we never heard anything more about the, uh, the Kraken thing and the server uh, farm raid in Germany. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Did that actually happen, you think, or was that a, a PSYOPs misinformation to redirect attention at that time to something else? 
So uh, from my sources, so um, very specialized uh, special operations intelligence. Uh, and from my sources uh, and background, I believe that that did happen. Uh, and so do some other uh, even higher ranking officers than me uh, believe that that did happen. And I think what happened was, uh, you know, I was a firearms instructor at Quantico. I knew Lon Horiuchi, the, the FBI HRT sniper uh, at Ruby Ridge. And he was also at Waco. And yeah. when I was going through firearm school, uh, the, the compound was burning. And I was say I was the lone guy in my class of thirty saying I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and I was hoping that Barr had uh, changed, but he had been CIA, and I believe somebody got to him uh, and touched him and controlled him. Which is you recruit, you entice, you pay off and bribe, and then you uh, extort. That's and that's exactly what was done with Hunter, for example. Exactly. exactly. That's how. Uh, you do it. But I do believe that that happened. And I think the problem was, uh, and again, I'm going back to my personal experience, because remember, I was dual credit. So I would, I would deploy uh, as a DEA special agent uh, to a foreign country to do uh, snowcap operations as a DEA special agent with a host nation country, whether it was Central or South America, whether it was Bolivia or Honduras. And I had already done that uh, with special forces, but I was also simultaneously credentialed with the Defense Intelligence Agency. So what that meant was that under, and I could be on reserve duty uh, while I was doing that. So I could do a lot of different things legally under different hats right. simultaneously, which is really important uh, to understand because I pointed that out with Ali North. So but so I worked in a lot of embassies because, you know, when you're in a country, the ambassador is in charge and you work out of the embassy, whether you're if you're military, then you're with the um, defense attache office. You know, if you're law enforcement, then you're under the DEA uh, uh, or if you're working with the CIA, it's the chief of station, whoever it is. But there's a chain of command normally that you're working with, unless you're doing something completely covert where you're not, which is non-official cover. Uh, uh, this was back in the 80s when it was the war on drugs. And so uh, the CIA and the DOD were trying to do a lot of counter drug stuff. But the CIA and the DOD does a, does a lot of intelligence stuff. So when you get in, then all of a sudden you wanna uh, go to trial and wanna present fact-based evidence in trial, which means you have to reveal sources and methods. Well, in the intelligence community, it's not fact-based evidence. It's here's our best guess based upon the analyzed information. And we never want to reveal sources and methods. Right. So uh, there is an agency that, uh, and there's public, so I'm, you know, I don't have a clearance anymore, but I had a TS with the DOD, I had a TS with the DOJ and SCI and SAP and all that special access programs. But there, there, and there are stories out that talk about there is an agency that where the IC, the intelligence community sits here and the DOJ sits here and they pass stuff over. And I knew intimately about these programs. And then they say, hey, develop your own PC, 
develop your own parallel construct your probable cause parallel construction because you can't reveal our sources and methods. And that's what you have seen become the bastardization of FISA, of lying on warrants and everything else. Now it's become uh, common practice. And instead of having eyes out uh, to protect us from enemies, it's all eyes in where they're spying on, you know, Brandon says, yeah, we're spied on Congress. Uh, yeah, we spied on Trump. Yeah, we spied on uh, Flynn. And then we leaked the classified uh, uh, conversations, of right. it, which are, those are all felonies yeah. uh, as well. And so that's, that's how we got here uh, today. So, you know, I say today, and I'm a graduate of the FBI Academy, and I've, I've taught at the farm is they just need to go away. They're so corrupt at this point. Uh, they're, they need to go away. And, and they're just jokes. The CISA Cyber Security Agency s- still doesn't have any information on the Colonial Pipeline. Yeah. Well, I'm working that right mm-hmm. now because I do a lot of corporate uh, competitive intelligence and corporate security. I can tell you that there are patriots who are inputting intelligence in through systems that exist to the agencies, but the corrupt SESs that Obama emplaced filter that out. So the remaining patriot agents in these different agencies never see anything except vanilla ISIS uh, and uh, Oath Keepers breaking into the Capitol they don't see all the Blantifa stuff. They don't see, they, all they see is one-sided uh, stuff. So it's really um, diabolical. And that's why what you and I are doing as alternative news uh, and journalism uh, is so important. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, great points. Um, I, I have always wondered, you know, having having visited different uh communication sites, if you will, that the level of surveillance capabilities this nation has, uh, I remember during Benghazi, suddenly all that apparatus we had in that hotspot, we missed all the texts, the emails, the phone calls, uh, other types of of open source communications. Suddenly our agencies with all of their trillion dollar equipment missed the Libyan rebels communicating by cell phone to attack the CIA annex. And un- unacceptable. And on the same level, just as you mentioned earlier, the fact that our DOJ and other uh, uh, surveillance apparatus could not capture, which I know they have it, the communications to organize the rioters, to plan the riots, to order the bricks to place on a corner, to create meals and move the, the little uh, homemade riot shields, all had communication and effort. And I always point out to people, I say, look, Try to get four to five friends to agree upon a restaurant by text. How many texts would that take? Probably about 30. So when you look <laughs> at the level, <laughs> the level of communication involved to organize these things, there is no way that our intelligence agencies did not have that. But you're, you're exactly right. Just like Stalin said, or maybe the quotes attributed to him, he who counts the votes decides. And the same way with he who collects the evidence also decides and uh uh, the same way this nation's going to this Chinese social credit system that our own agencies allowed to be exported to them. All of the censorship software came from Silicon Valley. Uh, they worked with the Chicoms to do that. That runs afoul of our uh, uh, anti-crime efforts uh, and human rights things. And to, to see that those uh, licenses for tech to go help China do that, uh, I always say China's the test bed for a lot of this. So what happens there is what they're going to try to move over here. But the, the, the great point you mentioned is 
they are deliberately overlooking, just as Tom Cotton and probably Rand Paul are, the smoking gun and the fact that there's evidence and they're trying to confuse the people on that. Um, uh, in regards to that, that election and uh, uh, debacle, uh, what's happened in your area of Arizona? I know we only have a few minutes left, but what are you seeing that's happening there? It looks like a lot of these things, one could easily surmise that the gas prices flashing back to the border crisis is trying to take the, the focus off of the, uh, the Arizona audit. Your thoughts? Well, I don't think it's so much trying to take the focus off as uh, Texas and Florida uh, and Arizona are particular strong points uh, for patriotism and constitutionalism. And so they need to be uh, attacked. So I talked a while back about the FBI agent who accompanied the two ISIS uh, shooters to Garland, Texas, and a really sharp uh, cop uh, dropped both of them with their pistols when they had AK-47s. The pipeline affects um, uh, Florida, and some of the infiltrations are out of Texas because they want to do siege warfare on those places where there are still patriots. That's, that's not a coincidence. As far as the uh, audits are going, again, that is patriots standing up. I am proud to be assisting uh, with some of that behind the scenes. Uh, although some of the, you know, some of the players are, are phony as well, because once you get to be a politician, you know, you think you're gonna, they just are in it for themselves, but there's some good ones um, are good. And uh, the folks working on the audit, uh, even though they're being followed and intimidated, uh, and I think that the plane, which was the Phoenix PD plane, which was probably taken over by the FBI, uh, which was probably using SIGINT Stingray Intercept to try and follow them home to give it to Blantifa, who I announced early on was hoteling up. I put that out on Twitter. And then about two weeks later in May, uh, the uh, Maricopa County attorney said, oh yeah, and, and Blantifa's in town. And so what people have to understand when you're talking about fifth generational covert warfare is, uh, uh, B, uh, Antifa is the militia of the Dems. And all you got to do is go Antifa.com and it'll take you right to whitehouse.gov. And before Biden was elected, Antifa.com took you to Biden.gov. So you can't take care of that. And then what are they there for? And they're there just to sit around really and act like they're, well, we're, we're investigating. But going back to the election, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Trump's guy in there in CISA had a, and I put this up on my Patreon, I put up the cyber forensics, had a contract with Akamai uh, machines, which went right back to China. And of course it went to other places, Seidel and Dominion, Venezuela and all that stuff. But the cybersecurity agency was already uh, breached. And the OPM hack, a couple of years back, which got me, because I'm all over the military and the government, uh, was a Chinese hack. So a couple of years back, I went up to the, I had some source intel, and I went up to the ACTIC, which is the Arizona Counterterrorism Intelligence Center, ACTIC, because we love abbreviations in the government. Yeah. Uh, and I went in, I said, here's, and there's JPASS is the system, the classified system, I'm and uh, said, here's my DOB, here's my social, I'm all over JPASS, check me out, I wanna come up there and tell you guys something. And so they checked me out and I came in and uh, I walk in, I'm like, where's the FBI? I'm like, oh, the FBI is not here. 
So, well, do you computers? No, we don't have that. So the whole point of having a state fusion center after 9-11, federal government, and so that was all gone, but the government was funding, the federal government was funding that just like they fund HIDA, high intensity drug trafficking areas, so that they can control the local sheriff's department's offices, but they don't give them the access, but they give them the money. So then that's happened across the board. And that's what Holder and then Lynch did with the Safe Cities program is basically they're federalizing all local police departments. And they're really enslaving um, local populations. Got to remember back to CIA end up running crack into black neighborhoods. Um, so, uh, but you know, the good news is we are waking up to that because we now have the means to turn everything around. We can turn, people say, why are you still on Facebook? Because I'm turning the clay more around on, because this, this, this uh, communication works both ways. Uh, and YouTube is probably still leaving me up because they've, they've censored so many that they're, they, so they're in a dilemma. And that's what you're seeing with, with CNN, with Fox, all these things are falling apart uh, because they're, they do show so shallow that nobody pays any attention to it anymore. You're exactly right. And one of the things that I saw, and I'm sure you've seen it too, was a, a, a guy from DHS or a few of them that were lamenting the fact that since the capital thing, of course, right? As you said, uh, uh, vanilla ISIS or whatever, what uh, you know, anti-patriot, uh, if you will. Uh, they were saying, lamenting the fact that with all of this cancel culture, we're losing the easiest ability to monitor social media uh, and, and find out about them. But I, I agree, you know, one of the things I keep telling people, no matter how dark things appear that they are, don't give up hope. This is still the greatest time to be alive and be part of this. Uh, of this patriotic movement. You know, Mr. Prater, I'm sure you agree, 100 million patriots is a pretty strong force economically and uh, God forbid, kinetic action type. Not saying that we do that, but that's a big force. That's why no other nation has ever invaded, invaded us uh, in a conventional way and probably never will. But as you said, through this fifth generational warfare, they can make themselves be appear uh, more effective and larger than they really are. But one of the things I always tell, tell the listeners and tell my friends, don't underestimate the importance of relationships with other like-minded people. Um, uh, don't give up hope. We are in a psyops war that's that's enabled by Hollywood, by our own government funding for Hollywood, for the promotion of movies, as you mentioned, those Orwellian-type commercials that tell everybody we're in this together and we'll return back to normal when we all get vaccinated. They've even used cartoons to indoctrinate the kids to this. So we're facing a very organized uh, uh enemy that seeks to uh, undermine this nation. Um, uh, sir, I'll give you the closing thoughts, if you would. Tell us, uh, tell us how you think this plays out in the end and uh, uh, how people can be effective uh, working together and, and accessing your website for information, please. Yeah, they can go to jeffreypreta.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. Uh, and they can go to Patreon for more in-depth and they can see, uh, you know, like I, I have a shop there and I put up Faraday bags, man, the Faraday bags are just selling because you put your phone in the Faraday bag and they can't listen to you when you want to have a 
secure conversation because tyrants always fall. Tyrannies always fail. It's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy because uh, the unrestricted warfare report came out in 1999. Obama, uh, the shadow government came in in 2009. So it's not going to be overnight and we are going to have to stay the course and it is going to be hard and it is going to be difficult, but we will win and we outnumber them. Uh, and if it does go kinetic, which right now they like kineticism because Blantifid just kills women and children in, in uh, feral cities like Portland, but they haven't uh, run into uh, all the 20 uh, year gigawatt veterans and all the hunters like yourself and everything. Um, so, uh, and that's what they were afraid of. They were afraid of it going kinetic, but eventually if they, if they continue to thwart everything, for example, the Arizona audit, for example, the Georgia audit, into a corner at their front door, uh, they will uh, react, which I'm trying to prevent because I'm a chaplain now, because I say we don't want violence because right. we know violence. We don't want war because we know war. But the answer is to uh, team up. You know, I've got Team America. You can join on my website for every state and Team America and every state's working together and, and Team Canada and other places. And, but you've got a homeschool uh, because the schools are totally corrupt. Don't, who cares about them reopening? Christianity's all over the place. You got a home grow uh, and you got a homework. So, and then just call them the racist, fascist, mass morons, needle Nazis, baby killers that they are and just watch them shrivel because ridicule is powerful. Yeah, yes it is. So thanks for having me. I, Mr. Prater, thank you so much. Uh, to our audience, thank you for watching. Please share this. Please go to jeffreyprater.com, watch and share, subscribe to his video. Let's share this, the news. Again, we have more power than we think we have when we're united. We have the tremendous potential right now to build our own ecosystems. Right, as Mr. Prather mentioned, uh, they're they're crapping themselves. If everybody, every patriot, were to divest themselves from uh, Amazon and other networks overnight, it would be a death knell in a lot of areas for these media companies, for companies that use your money when you spend it with them to use against you, lobbying for political things to take your gun rights, your free speech. You must realize the potential that you have. And Mr. Prather, to quote you, I think you you mentioned uh, freedom's not. Uh, uh, freedom must be taken. Is that correct? Or what was your statement on that? That's right. Freedom is never given. It is earned. It is won. It is fought for. It is taken. So take it. Absolutely, sir. God bless you and your family. Thank you so much for joining First Team America. We'd love to have you back on in the future and uh, keep up the great work. You too. Bye-bye.